Hey, good morning, everybody. Mmm, almost as good as the nine o'clock crowd. Wow, I didn't want to offend you. I was just kidding. Take a joke. It's okay. It's just church. You're not going to be graded on this. That's a promise. I am excited to preach this morning. Glad to be able to be with you today. And as always, just uh, in a different little uh, role today. Uh, Pastor Aaron, he's out this weekend. Be back next weekend. He is actually, the past few days, he's been doing a couple of things. One, a uh, previous church where he worked, uh, he is there celebrating with them, or was celebrating with them, their 100th year anniversary. Uh, what a great opportunity to be a part of those services and ceremonies and all the things that were going along with that. And he's also uh, doing some stuff with another church, uh, doing leadership training with them. And I'm excited that we've got a pastor that is concerned about the church, not just our church, but God's church. Amen. And that we, uh, as a staff, have somebody leading us that makes us understand that, that we need to, uh, we're on the same team, and we're doing this together, and we want to see people come to faith in Christ, amen? So he'll be back next weekend, fired up as always, ready to preach the word of God, so just get ready, because it's going to happen, I guarantee you. Um, one thing that I am passionate about is fishing. I love to fish. Uh, have any fisher? People, I would say, I would say fishermen, but I want to be, yeah, there we go. Thank you for being honest. Raise your hand high and proud. Only one, maybe two. Okay, awesome. Well, uh, I would say I probably have a problem. Uh, I have, and it's the first, you know, the first is the sign of saying that I have a, an addiction to fishing. And yes, I do. I'll be first to admit that. Uh, so my wife and I at different times we have conversations concerning, haven't had one in a while, but we've had conversations concerning the need for so much fishing tackle that I have, all right? And uh, I think one of the conversations, I know Jesus loves me because he gave me a vision. He gave me the right words to say to when she asked that question. Uh, he said, this is what you should say to her, thus saith the Lord. And I said, okay, we're going to do this. He said, ask her why she needs 100 pairs of shoes. Come on, Jesus. Yes. <laughs> well, we had the conversation. I, I, I wasn't, uh, everything went good. You know, hallelujah. But the conversation goes like that. Why do you need? Well, it's because if they're not biting this bait, I need to make sure I've got this bait. I don't want to retie on this one. So I need 14 rods and I need all these reels and I need a 33 gallon tote full of tackle because just in case they're not biting this one particular bait, I can use this one because I want to make sure I'm ready. Yeah, and got to have a boat to be able to, to accommodate that and all those things. So, yeah, it's, it's an ongoing problem that I'm happy to say I have. So, there you go. Each year, for the past 20-something years, I've been able to be a part of a fishing trip with a group of guys. Shannon's dad and uh, her two brothers are avid fishermen. They love to fish. Matter of fact, her younger brother, Dylan, is in uh, Texas. When we uh, moved here to Wisconsin, they moved south to Texas to be a worship pastor. And I let him take my bass boat with him. Yes. Yeah. I, I didn't have to have medication for that. It was okay. Um, but because he, I didn't have a place to store it at the time and all, all those stories don't need to go into. So he's got that. So we go on this fishing trip this past April. And as soon as church is finished here on that Sunday, uh, I get on a, a plane, I fly down to Dallas. He picks me up there and we're making our way back into Oklahoma where we fish. So it's about a four hour, three and a half, four hour drive. So it's late that night. It's about midnight we get in 
to the place and there are cabins and they're all around these trees, all big, huge pine trees. And it's not like a huge place to park. So you just got to be able to park uh, where you can find a spot. So what we did was we pulled our, his truck, my boat, right in front of all the other guys, some of the other guys that were in our cabin, right in front of their truck. And we parked there. Now, when we've got the gear, we've got all our tackle, we've got all our rods and reels, we've got all our clothing and everything, we're ready to go. And I would think that Dylan has a little more addiction than I do. And he can't defend himself here today, so I'm going to pick on him a little bit. Because you got to have the right gear, clothing, you know? you got to have the right clothing. So you got to have the, the right shirts because you want to make sure you get out of the sun, you got the right hat, the right sunglasses, all that. But I don't go so far to where my shoes have to match my shirt. He does. If he's got neon, his shoes match. I mean, I'm like, really? He goes, dude, I got to look the part. I'm like, okay, fine. So we're there. We get in about midnight, 1 o'clock. I can't remember exactly what time it is. But we, we sit down and we lay down and go to sleep in our beds. And we get up the next morning. We have breakfast. And we're all ready to go, man. We're so stoked about having an opportunity to be able to fish. We want to just we want to fish. That's what we came here for. I don't care if I talk to anybody else. I just want to fish. I want to catch fish. And there's a difference. There's catching and there's fishing. I want to catch. I don't want to just fish. Fish is just throwing and reeling back. I want to catch. So we're getting everything prepared, going, going and doing all the stuff and a lot of details, a lot of urgency. And, and I'm doing something. He's doing something else. And he, he comes over to me later, just a few minutes later, and he said, Steve, man, uh, I just made a huge mistake. I said, what? Did you forget a pair of your shoes that don't, that don't match? And he said, no. The boat cover that was on the boat, there was one of the straps, and it had a knot in it, so I used my truck key to try to undo the knot. Yeah, oh, key broke. Truck key. I said, well, you got a spare, right? Uh, Texas? I'm like, great. So all of a sudden, what we wanted to do, we couldn't do because in our details, in our urgency, we forgot what we were there to do, and that is to fish. And that didn't just affect us, it affected the guys that we were parked in front of. So they were so gracious to help, they, un, they detached the boat and moved it out of the way, and they pulled in between the truck and the boat and said, hey guys, we'll see you later, we're going fishing. That's what happened. So God was gracious, he was merciful, and we were able to drive back into the town that was closest to us. There was a dealership there, and we were able to get another key made. It was the key that has the chip in it, so you had to make sure it has to connect with the car. And, and after the fifth try, we're praying and all that, please, God, we just want to fish. And the fifth time, the truck connected to the key, and it cranked. But because in our haste of, of making sure we got all this, 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 and this, and we were trying, oh, we got to hurry, get the tarp off. It doesn't make a difference. Let's just do that. We forgot what the main point was, and that's to go fishing. We lost some valuable fishing time that morning. You know, at times I think we all get busy with details and maybe the urgency of the moment. We forget and we lose focus on what the main point is. You ever been there? I've been there. It gets busy, 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 busy. You know, I don't know how many weeks before Christmas. Everybody's, your, your adrenaline just went up. Yeah, it's Christmas is coming, all that good stuff. It's going to happen. You may ever have your Christmas presents purchased. Ah, yes, hallelujah. I'm so happy for you. Others, like, it's the night before and we better buy a Christmas gift. I don't know how that works for you. But we all get busy with details or urgency of the moment that we miss the main point. Today we're concluding this sermon series, Empty Promises, and we're talking about how religion lies to us. 
So I want to be very clear this morning. I want to make sure that before you walk out of this sanctuary, this auditorium, that you understand where I'm coming from. Religion and relationship are two different things. And sometimes we can get so caught up in all the details. If I'm doing this and doing this and doing this for for God and for the church and all this, I'm making sure my kids are good, this and this, that's great. I I know what I need to do. And Jesus said, no, you're concerned about just the religion. You're not concerned about the relationship. And sometimes we miss that main point because we're so consumed with the details. So I want to make sure that when we leave this place, we have a clear understanding that if we're basing our foundation on religion, on the details, and not the relationship with Jesus, that we're living an empty promise. And religion is lying to us. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Acts, I mean, Acts to Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. And we're going to uh, kind of go through this entire chapter, but our main focus is at the end of the chapter where our story is. But I think the way that this chapter is put together, that it's so awesome how Jesus kind of correlates all these different stories into one big focus. And we're going to get there in just a moment. So if I was to say anything about today would be this to you. Our main point should be this. The empty promise of religion is that we get distracted by the doing and we miss the most important part, which is the being. This is the lie of religion. The doing is, as long as I'm doing things for God, as long as I'm active in the church, as long as I'm taking care of my kids, like I said just a moment ago, then I'm good. But Jesus says we need to be concerned about our being, our relationship with him. That's top priority. Luke chapter 10, looking at verses 1 through 23, I'm not going to read those. I'm just going to kind of give you an overview of what this is talking about. This is when Jesus sent out the 72, and he gave them authority. You can read it for yourself. He said, you're going to be able to cast out demons. You're going to be able to heal the sick. You're going to be able to do all these things. Don't take any provisions. Just go and do what I've commanded you to do. I want you to take care of these things. I want you to go and be the people I've called you to be. And they're pumped. They're excited. Whoa, great pep talk, Jesus. We're ready to go. We're going to do it. Look at verse number 17. The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. Verse number 18, he replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, I like that. However, verse number 20 Do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Look, it's all fine and great that all these things you have authority over, but if you miss the point of the relationship you must have with me, you're missing everything. You're missing, and it's become a a, a lie to your life. We can do all these great things, and they had all this authority, but Jesus said, I want to remind you what is most important, and is that your name is written in heaven. It's my relationship I have with you that's more important than any of these other details of life. You continue on in this chapter, and it talks about the story of the Good Samaritan. Most of us know that story. 
But I want to look at some other parts of that. The expert of the law at the time was kind of trying to stump Jesus. And he asked the question, he said, you know, how, how can I inherit eternal life? How can I know that I can go to heaven? And Jesus said, well, hey, in verse number 26, what does the word say? And the expert in verse number 27, he replies this. He answered, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. Then the second part, he said, and love your neighbor as yourself. I want to look at that part of loving with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Kind of what he's trying to say to you and to me today. With heart, God is the core of my affection, my passion, and my desire. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love my family. I love other people. But at the core of my life, the center of my heart, where it matters the most, I've got to make sure that my heart is towards God, that I love him more than anything else in my life, that he's at the center. And then it goes to my soul that I want to, my deepest conviction is to honor God. My identity is found in him. I identify with a lot of things. I love to fish. I love to hunt. I love to watch football. I love to do this. I love to do that. But at the core of my being, my identity must rest upon, I want to honor God with every part of my soul. He's got to be first. Then I look at my mind and it's a deliberate act of my will to serve God. There's no emotions. There's no feelings. It's just I have made a conscious decision to follow God. It's kind of like when you're married, and I've heard this saying, man, I love my wife. I could just eat her up. And then they'll say, and I wish I would have. You'll get that later, right over your head, a little more coffee. The thought is, yeah, I, I love, but there's times that I don't like. Any witnesses in here can testify to that? There's moments that I, I love, and I can verify that my wife, she still loves me, but there's times she does not like me. I get it. But there is a conscious decision that I have a will in my life that I'm going to say, I am going to stay committed to this marriage. I'm going to do what I committed to because why? It's an act of my will. It's no emotion. There's no feelings involved in it. It's just simply doing what I know I'm supposed to do. And that's what I'm talking about when it comes to your mind. You have to make a conscious decision. I'm just going to follow God. It's not how I feel. It's not what someone said to me. It's because I choose to follow God. And the last part, strength. My best efforts go to promote God's plans and purpose. We support and promote many things. We're involved in so many activities. Things are going here, going there. When we had all our kids in our home back in Arkansas, it was busy, busy all the time. We would think maybe did we have dinner at home twice this month or just, just once this month? What, what are you going to pick up to bring home? I get it about being busy. I get it about doing this and doing that. But our strength, our bottom line strength needs to be simply to God, I'm going to put my effort towards you and do what you've called me to do. The point Jesus was trying to make to the expert in the law was if you truly love God and are doing everything to grow closer to him, then you shouldn't ask the question that he asked at the end of the story before he told the parable. Well, who is my neighbor? He was just trying to get back at Jesus. And Jesus said, look, if you're concerned about that, you're missing the whole point. If you'll focus on me and your relationship with God, then 
Anybody that you come connected with is going to be your neighbor. You're going to love everyone. Which brings us to our main story found in verses 38 through 42. It's Martha's story. I want to read those verses to you today. Verse number 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you even care or don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Verse number 41, it says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Have you, has anyone in this room watched the movie Elf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hit a nerve there. That's just me. All of a sudden, I'm thinking that Martha had an elf moment. Jesus, I know him. He's coming to my house. She's all excited, and she's running around, and she's wanting to repair everything, and it's just like pandemonium. She's cutting all these designs and all this, and she's just totally excited about Jesus coming to her home. And she's so concerned about all the preparation that she begins to miss what's most important. She was in the same house, but she wasn't in Jesus' presence. Oh, I came to church today. I paid my tithe. I'm a part of life group. I serve in early childhood, bless you. I do this, I do that, but we're missing the point. It's not about all the details. It's not about all the urgency. It's about the relationship. And Jesus, when, he, when she said, uh, you know, what, I, I need somebody to help me. Why is Mary doing this? It's like Martha, Martha, or Marsha, Marsha. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a Brady Bunch kid. He's thinking, okay, Martha, you, yeah, what you're doing is good. There's nothing wrong with what you're doing, but Mary has understood and she's figured out what is better. And that's the only thing that's required right now is you sitting at my feet. Martha, all that other stuff, it's going to be okay. We'll get to that. What I need you to focus on right now is you being in my presence and the relationship that you need to have with me. Two things out of the story that I feel like that I want to share with you today that I want you to go home with. One being this, pursuing details or pursuing religion is about my purpose. If I do these things, then I'm good. My passion, my foundation, my main point becomes the details in which Martha's place, be, the details became her distraction. What do you mean by that, Pastor Steve? Well, let me break this down to you. you got, how many parents do you have in the house today? You got kids in the home, kids out of the home, whatever it may be. I, I know where you are right now. 
You know, you're thinking, oh, man, I want my kids to have the best education. I want them to be on the best sports team. I want to make sure they play this instrument to the very best. I want them to be a part of this and a part of that and a part of this and do this and do that. And all of a sudden, we're, we're so consumed with those details, we forget about where they are with Jesus. Where are they with Jesus? Well, they may straight A's. Well, hallelujah. Well, they are part of this. Go praise God. But when they walk out of your door at 18, are they going to be that part of that 60 to 75% that walk away from the church and walk away from Jesus because you are more concerned about those details than the relationship with him? Come on. Yep. We're all there. We get consumed with those details and the urgency. They've got to be, I've got to have that bumper sticker on the back of my car that says, my kid's an honor student. Or my kid beat up an honor student. I don't know whichever one you are. They're there. They bought them. I didn't buy one, but they're there. Well, maybe you say, well, Pastor Steve, I'm a team member here at Life Church. I want you to understand something. We have a motto here, serve and be served. That's what we're about as a church. If we're consumed about all those details, we miss the main point, which is life change. We are missing the boat. We're not bringing Ty Montgomery here. We're not doing Elevate. We're not having life groups. We're not wanting you to serve in early childhood or elementary or life church youth or be a part of, of this, that, and that just because, oh, I, I can check the box. It's because we're wanting to create an atmosphere, a part of life church that says we're about life change. We want to see people's lives come to faith in Jesus Christ and walk out of eternity on the right side and not on the wrong side. And Jesus is calling us to not just be a team member to say, I'm concerned about the details. To be a team member because I'm concerned about the relationship. I'm concerned about Jesus and where I am with him. I'll go a step further. As a staff member here, as a pastor, that sometimes I can get so caught up in all the details of doing my spiritual job that I think I'm doing my part. And Jesus says, "Mm mm-mm. The word says if you gain the whole world and lose your own soul, what have you gained? Nothing. You've lost everything. So even pastors have to make sure that we have that check in our life. Jesus, I know I'm doing my work for you, and I'm making sure that I'm at this meeting. I'm making sure that we've got this taken care of and that taken care of. But at the end of the day, where is where's my relationship with you? Where is my connection with you? Am I missing that? You know, I love football. Didn't go very well for the Razorbacks last night, college team. It was a train wreck. Started off good, ended very badly. Thank God I DVR'd it, and I could fast forward through all the pain because it was pretty sad. 48 to 22 was the final, and the score wasn't even close. Uh, it's, it's, a, a, it's just crazy to me that our team this year is helping people create records. This is the last time they scored this many points was this year. Last time they did this was this. I'm like, I'm so glad that we're able to help someone else. <laughs> so nice. So walking through that, but I love football. And I love to see the guys that they get in all their gear. I mean, they're just, they're swole. I call it swole up. They're just swole up. They're just all big and they got all the gear on there. They're looking cool and they look the part like, man, he looks like a football player. But if he can't get the ball across the goal line, then he is of no value. He's missing the main point. We can look the part. I look like a preacher. Or you look like a Christian. But if we don't pass what we need to pass on to someone else, if we don't understand what the main point is in our relationship, and we're just passing on a status, or we're just passing on an image, we are missing what God is calling us to do as a Christ follower. 
You know, if the word says in Psalm, I mean Psalm, in Samuel 16, 7, that God does not look what man looks at. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. It's not all about the image. It's about here. It's not all about the facade that we can put on. Oh, I'm doing great. Everything's lovely. But it's us saying, Jesus, I need to be with you. You know, if we're not careful, we will embrace the details. We will embrace religion. And we won't embrace Jesus. We'll miss it. Jesus was trying to help Martha understand what Mary had already realized. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus. Religion is all about me. Which brings the second thing I want to bring with you today. Pursuing Jesus, pursuing a relationship with Jesus is all about his purpose. Loving God with heart, mind, soul, and strength is my main objective. The best thing that Martha could have done was to sit at the feet of Jesus. The prep work, like I said before, would have taken care of itself. If we would have been focused when we were fishing, getting ready to fish, that, hey, look, We've got to be able to make sure that we get there. So everything that we do has to correlate back to this one thing. And that's getting that boat into the water so we can fish. So everything that I do, it all comes back to that point. Everything that we do in our life must come back to that one point. How is my relationship with Jesus? And where am I going in that relationship with Jesus? I can have all the tackle, I can have all the, the clothing, I can have the truck, I can have the boat, but unless I get to the main point and that's getting on the water to fish, it's an empty promise. Religion lies to us. We're missing what God is trying to call us to do. This speaks to all of us today, I believe, in the middle of serving, and we should serve others. You know, faith without works is dead faith. The Word declares that. But we don't get saved by our works, folks. I don't care how many Girl Scout cookies you buy, and Lord to know, I, we have bought a few. My wife being a teacher and kids coming to her, and I'll eat them. Pastor Aaron, he's true, man. I, I'm going to eat them all up. I don't care what kind it is. I'm going to eat those things. I don't know how many old ladies you walk across the street. I don't care how much money you give to greater, which is a great thing. But if you're basing your life and your salvation on those items, you are missing the main point, and religion is lying to you. If you get me, wave at me this morning. If you understand what I'm talking about, wave at me this morning. It's important for you to understand that relationship far exceeds all the other details. We've got to have this first. That's what Jesus was saying when he was talking to the expert in the law. You've got to love God with everything that's in you. And then, because you do that, you can love other people like I love him. Like I love them. You know, there was a girl uh, several years ago in our youth group. Her name was Courtney. Still is. <laughs> Clarify that. She's still alive, breathing, all that good stuff. Yes. Whew, boy, that went sour. All right. And uh, she was an, an MK, a missionary's kid. I'm a PK. I'm a preacher's kid. And the reason we act the way we do is because we hang out with the deacon's kids. Uh, that's what I was told, and I, I, I stuck with that. But... I, I know there are so many different times, and she was a great kid, had a lot of energy. And sometimes that energy needed to be channeled in the right direction. 
and we had conversations, and we had conversations with mom and dad at different times, and, you know, so there, she was just a typical youth kid. I mean, she wanted to be active in the worship team. She wanted to be a part of the drama team. She wanted to be a part of fine arts and all these things that we did, but uh, there came a moment in her life when she, came, she had, wanted to have a talk with me. She said, Pastor Steve, I, I, I'm just sick of church. I'm like, that is not what a youth pastor wants to hear from one of his kids. I must really stink at being a youth pastor. This is sad. She said, we're doing things all the time. I do stuff here at the church. Then we go, her, her parents were missionaries with Chi Alpha, which is a college ministry. And we're always doing this and this. We're always going, doing, 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 doing. And I'm just tired of church. I'm tired of doing all that stuff. I'm like, okay. So we talked for a little while. And then I said, I want to pray with you. And I felt like the Lord spoke something to me I wanted to say to her. And it was that, Courtney... Your walk in Christ, it's got to become personal to you. It can't be based on your mom and your dad. It can't be based on your friends. It's got to become yours. You've got to take possession of it. It's got to be something that's on the inside of your life that explodes out of your life. So we prayed. I don't know what the time frame was between that conversation, but she came back to me sometime later. Don't really know, but she said, you know what? I get it, Pastor Steve. I understand what you're talking about. It's real to me. I've made it my own. I'm not basing my Christian walk on what my parents do, what my parents don't do. If they quit serving God today, I'm going to continue to serve God because it's become mine. It's mine. Well, now her and her husband, obviously married, and they have a little girl. She's just precious. And they're, starting their, they're in their third year at the University of Mississippi, Ole Miss, as Chi Alpha Directors. They have over 130 students in their ministry. They've got 30-something kids that are actively involved in serving and doing things. And I, all, I just was texting her this past week. She was asking me, I need your new address. And I text the uh, address in Germantown. It's quite long. And she's like, are you? I said, don't question. Just put it on the paper. It's correct, okay? I know you don't understand. It's just, okay, whatever. And it goes all back to the fact that because she's doing what she's doing now, it became personal to her. The details and all the work and all the religion, all the things that we do, which are good. What Martha was doing, I want to say it again, it was good. But Jesus said there's something that's better. And that's what Mary was doing. She was sitting at my feet. She was listening to me. She was connecting. And that relationship was far more important than those other areas. And that's why Courtney is able to do what she's doing right now. Her and her husband, Mac, they're reaching students with the gospel. It's because that relationship is top priority in their life. I think some of you in this room, this resonates with you. Pastor Steve, I get it. Maybe God's speaking to your life at this moment saying, you know what? Maybe I need to recalibrate my priorities. Maybe I need to relook about what I'm considering to be of most importance. Maybe instead of making sure my kids are this, this, and this, I need to ask the question, am I leading them towards Jesus? In my serving here at this church and doing other things across in my community, it's my main purpose because I want to lead somebody to faith in Christ. I don't want to just look the part. I want to be the part. I want that relationship 
to be my top priority. I'd like you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you would this morning. I just have one question that I want to ask and I want to pray with you today. The question that I want to ask you is do you need to pursue Jesus first and not the details? Pastor Steve, it's time for me to realize that. Dad, mom, teenager, it's time for me to realize that in my life at this moment. That Jesus and my relationship with him, I need to sit at his feet. I need to connect with him. And then he'll help me work out the other details. That needs to be my top priority. It's not that you're a bad person. You're a good person. Jesus is just saying to you and to me, I need you to do what's better. And that's my relationship with him.